Welcome to the Medical Independent Innovation in Healthcare podcast series, where we explore the advances that are transforming Irish healthcare and the innovative minds behind them. From cutting edge technologies, to groundbreaking research, to new models of care, Ireland is at the forefront of medical innovation. Our guests are leading figures in the Irish and international healthcare community who are revolutionising the way patients are being treated. So whether you're a healthcare professional, a patient, or simply curious about the latest developments in Irish medicine, join us for an engaging and informative discussion. I'm your host, Priscilla Lynch, Clinical Editor of the Medical Independent. Joining me in this episode is Professor Seamus Morris, Consultant Orthopaedic Spine Surgeon, Clinical Professor at UCD School of Medicine and Director of Innovation at the Pillar Centre for Transformative Medicine in the Matter Hospital Dublin. Firstly, Professor Morris, can you tell me a bit about your medical background and how you became Director of Innovation in the Matter Hospital? Hi, Priscilla. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. So uh, I'm an orthopaedic spine surgeon by training. And as part of my training, I was involved in research with the Department of uh, Bioengineering and UCD. So I became interested in kind of the overlap between, I suppose, engineering and medicine at that stage when I, when I was uh, going through my, my surgical training. And then subsequent to that, I've, I've been involved in a number of innovation projects. Uh, and Enterprise Ireland uh, ran and now uh, Health uh, Innovation Hub more recently run the Clinical Innovation Award, which is a way for clinicians to c- describe their idea and, and hopefully partner with academic bodies and potentially uh, people from the corporate sector who are going to help them develop that idea into a, a medical device. So I was first involved in that back in about 2012, I was a runner up. So I had an idea for a project that unfortunately didn't go anywhere, uh, but I did fairly well in terms of getting some funding for that. And then more recently, in a, about uh, six or seven years ago, I was involved in a commercialization fund. So we actually did manage to spin a, a product out of UCD, which went through a number of different pivots. And, and now at this stage is, is essentially um, a vaccine delivery device at this stage in its career. And it's been worked up from that point of view. So I, I learned a lot through uh, working through that process with, with my colleagues from the engineering side. So obviously, uh, with that background, I'm very interested in innovation in terms of medical device development. So my current role outside being a clinician is director of innovation in the Pillar Centre, um, which is the Matter Hospital's not-for-profit uh, centre, which is focused on education, research and innovation. My role there is very much innovation. So I'm trying to encourage and, and help my, my clinical colleagues from, from all disciplines, medicine, nursing, AHP, to develop new innovative ideas and hopefully bring them true to uh, product development. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. So I suppose, what does the day-to-day job entail and what exactly does the centre do? Yeah, so the centre, as I say, kind of focuses in three different areas. So uh, education, both at undergraduate and, and mainly postgraduate level in terms of the uh, clinical staff in the hospital. Uh, the very strong research programme, which would be kind of a standard, inverted commas, academic research programme. Uh, and then the innovation piece is really trying to harvest uh, needs that, that clinicians across all the various disciplines I've mentioned already, see in their own areas and help them to start developing ideas around those and, and to partner with academic bodies or corporate uh, entities that might uh, help them to develop solutions. So the whole kind of idea in the past where you'd, you'd have a light bulb moment and see the solution to a problem that's in front of you has really been proven not to be effective. So there's kind of, there's a process which is designed thinking where you re-identify a need and then you go and uh, develop a multitude of solutions for that need and then you, you, you sieve them to come up with the best one. So to try and take my colleagues through that whole process, 
uh, to come up with the, the best ideas and then bring them forward to hopefully partners in in uh, in the academic or, or uh, corporate space that will support them then. It's a really exciting development and obviously I suppose it's it's a new thing in Irish hospitals. Um, do you think it's something that every Irish hospital should have? Yeah, I believe that the HSC in the future is, is talking about developing uh, consultant roles which will have a specific um, you know, niche for innovation aligned to it. So certainly it's something that I think we're going to need to incorporate into healthcare in the future. Uh, I, I think the way we've been doing things, I suppose, for the last decades won't be sustainable into the future. There's, there's massive changes uh, coming down the track. Obviously, our population is about to invert, so more older people uh, in the population as opposed to younger, you know, the, the, the inversion of that population pyramid. At the same time, we're seeing an ongoing staff crisis, which is which is global. So the answers to both those problems really are, are innovative solutions, be it in process, uh, innovation, or in, uh, in product innovation, which is obviously the area I'm, I'm kind of focusing on. Absolutely. And it is very much um, often clinicians who are bringing innovation into healthcare services. When we look at how things have developed, uh, just specifically in Ireland, when we talk about, you know, the advent of new scanners, new technologies, minimally invasive surgery, that has been brought in by clinicians like yourselves who've trained abroad, who've seen these things in action and who want to bring them back to Ireland. And then when they get here, when they're trying to, I suppose, either introduce them or kind of, as you've said, they're spin out their own ideas and try and bring things I suppose really directly to patients it's a very difficult process so you're specifically geared really there to bring that support directly to clinicians and to encourage them and to help them obviously bring these ideas to fruition. Yeah well it really is a networking thing because very few people have the you know the the total skill set to either take an idea and bring it through to market or in in anyone area so say for example if if someone has an idea about a clinical problem they they want to, to, to develop they're probably going to need some engineering personnel from whatever discipline to develop the, the solution. Uh, they're going to need some financial people to help them develop a business plan, to develop uh, funding. And medical devices, as you know, is a highly regulated field. So the specialists who are, who are specialists in terms of medical device regulation will give them a, a advice around that. So you really need a team of people around you um, working through the, through the process. And outside that, it, it's kind of the network uh, that, hopefully we can bring to bear on various different solutions that will hopefully uh, maximize their success. And can you tell me um, about some of the projects that you've worked on in the centre and how they've come to fruition? Yeah, so we're kind of in the, in the early stages. We've had one or two sprints uh, so far, which has been successful in, in terms of getting projects to the start line. And the process that most projects tend to go through in the Irish context is, is through Enterprise Ireland. Uh, we're kind of in a, in a we play really above our weight i suppose as a country in terms of developing uh, healthcare uh, it's one of the strategic uh, strands really uh, at governmental level so there's a huge amount of support in terms of developing healthcare devices um at the moment we we've just opened an incubator center in about the last month or so and one of the projects that that's in there has been developed by by two of the nurses in the hospital who come from the oncological background and what they're trying to do is to link patients uh, with a specific cancer diagnosis with peers to help mentor them and support them. So that, that's called the Answers for Cancers app. Uh, I have um, a, a project going through uh, feasibility at the moment in terms of developing a way of uh, measuring electrical activity in the, the bladder sphincter to look at spinal injuries. So there's a number of other projects coming down the track, but they're the kind of the two first ones over the over the line at the moment. 
That's really interesting. And I suppose, I suppose for maybe people who are listening, it doesn't have to be very complex. Someone's idea, you know, that could really transform patient care and how they do their jobs as well. Sometimes it's it's about the, you know, implementing the obvious, but actually just being able to, to have, find a way of doing that. As you said, a lot of the time it's about connecting, whether that's diagnostics or support. So yeah, that, is that an under kind of lying theme that, yeah, we're doing things this way, but there is an easy way that we could make things much better. Yeah, well, I, I suppose, in truth, the, the, the most common way that healthcare personnel uh, innovate is through process uh, innovation, you know, so they, they're doing things differently. And uh, we're in kind of a happy position in the hospital here that uh, there's a specific office for transformation who look after the process improvement. So the transformation office. So uh, my colleagues there are very expert in that area. Uh, and that, truth be told, is the commonest uh, change pattern that you see in healthcare. But to come back to your point there, but there's very few kind of devices that come out that are truly innovative. Like if you take the iPhone, for example, really that's a, a you know, a camera, which was a digital camera in the past, a mobile phone, an MP4 player, albeit very nicely packaged in a, in a, a nice sleek um, phone. But, you know, each of those existed before and it was kind of having the, the wherewithal and the genius to combine them into one that really changed, uh, changed society, I suppose. So the same kind of holds true for, for healthcare. You know, that there's rarely one massive, forward it's often the combination of pre-existing technologies in a in a in a, in a new way that changes things and I, I suppose from a strategic point of view that sometimes makes it a little bit easier to get through the whole process of, of the regulation framework that uh, can make it difficult to get devices to market and i suppose another thing is we're really good in ireland for piloting things um but then you know, we do a report and then it sits on the shelf and we don't see these things implemented. So I know that can be very frustrating for people who come up with a good idea of how to, to do things and then they push it forward to the project stage. How do you feel really, I suppose, about that in the centre? Are you seeing your projects maybe come to fruition? And would you like to see some of them implemented nationally, obviously? Well, we're actually in a, in a really good position in Ireland because we have, we have lots of supports from the healthcare point of view, from governmental um, side, actually. So the Health Innovation Hub is very good for people who have just developed. So they're um, nationwide. They have a number of hubs in different centres. We're hoping to, to have ourselves designated as one of the coming months anyway. And uh, what their role would be that if, if someone comes up with uh, a need They'll help support them in terms of really validating that need with their colleagues and then, you know, direct them in the right direction to get funding. And as I say, typically the funding pathway is through Enterprise Ireland, through feasibility funding initially. And what that really entails doing is looking at the project and seeing is there a business case to to invest further in it? Is there a market big enough? And is it is it something that, you know, is going to actually reach a big enough market to make it worth the investment? So there's well-trodden pathways. The BioInnovate model in, in Galway is one we're trying to emulate, and I'm sure you may have heard of some of the um, the, the models or the, the products that have come out of there, Cree and Loci or two that spring to mind in terms of, of people who have been in that uh, program. I suppose the downside of the BioInnovate program, it involves people being full-time for a year uh, undertaking you know full-time research. And as I say, a lot of these projects have spun out and been very commercially successful. But uh, the difficulty is that people sometimes can't give up their... Uh, their day job they've got a mortgage and a house and you know children to pay for so uh, what we're trying to do is to give them the option of, of trying to do um innovation whilst holding down the day job absolutely and and you do have a very important day job you know i suppose that's the problem too i mean there, there's such relentless pressure on irish clinicians um just with the onslaught of demand for care i mean trying to find the time for innovation but obviously here you are in your role and i suppose it's obviously it adds something else to your practice as well. So would you be encouraging of other doctors really, look, you know, you're really busy, but 
do take the time. Absolutely. So, um, you know, very, um, I'm very grateful or very grateful the HSC and sent me over to the clinical uh, entrepreneur program in uh, the UK, which is run by the NHS. So uh, this is a kind of a nationwide program uh, run by Tony Young, who's a urologist, uh, encouraging clinicians to go down the entrepreneurial route and develop new uh, innovative solutions for problems. And to date, I think they've they've developed uh, projects up to, I think, over a billion pounds. I can't remember the exact sum, but a huge amount has been invested. But moreover, they managed to retain a huge amount of clinicians in the NHS. I mean, one of the problems we're facing kind of at the coal face of medicine is a huge amount of burnout and I suppose frustration in terms of problems that are ahead of us. So this offers, I suppose, another kind of creative solution to problems that are in front of you uh, rather than just trying to work around and and put up with the day-to-day solutions. A lot of the time, there may be an innovation that you can come up with that will solve that problem. Absolutely. And I know even the Sloan to Care Innovation Fund, I've heard some really interesting projects under that uh, in you know a range of hospitals. But again, I suppose now that the funding has run out uh, for some of them, it's very frustrating because it's like, well, where do we go from here? So it's about really, I suppose, isn't sustainability and consistency too. Absolutely. And I suppose that that's the, the, the point, I suppose, about having a, a sustainable business case for things. I suppose as as healthcare professionals, the last thing we're, we're thought to think about and the last thing we think tend to think about is the cost of things and the value of things. But in terms of getting people to invest in an idea, there has to be a business case so that the investor is going to get their money back. So as I say, Enterprise Ireland and, and the various different supportive um, bodies are really good in terms of digging into that at the start so that you don't waste your time as a clinician getting involved in a product or project, I should say, that isn't going to get investment and you know isn't going to get to the market. So I suppose to do that homework at the start which isn't something that you'd, you'd think of initially if you haven't been in, t- in this uh, area before. Absolutely. And do you get a lot of knocks on your door from clinicians in the hospital? Yeah, there's a number of clinicians involved. So really, really what we're doing is we're talking to kind of the, the key opinion leaders, as it were. We're kind of taking a, a dual approach, bottom, bottom up and top down. So talking to my consultant colleagues and uh, senior nursing colleagues to kind of permeate the message down through their, their you know, more junior staff that these resources are available and at the same time kind of you know carpet bombing the the, the the hospital as a whole so allowing people to access the program to do two different channels are there any projects you're particularly proud of that you're like okay this could make a real difference to patient care or to making life much easier for clinicians uh, there's a few different uh, projects that have come true one was a, a novel way of uh, develop uh, of theater lights of, of lights and theater are, are a problem they tend to lock and get stuck against each other uh, and they can often drift they're directed at a, at a wound and they can drift away from that so uh, uh, there's a, a solution in the pipeline that's potentially been developed around that uh, there was a no, there's another solution about a novel way of developing a uh, cast a novel plaster cast so i suppose the difficulty with any of these ideas is because potentially there's intellectual property behind them until there's a little bit of uh, progress made and a patent filed you can't say too much because obviously then the cat is out of the bag and then uh, going any further is difficult. But there, there are two that spring to mind that have potentially huge, huge value. Okay. And I suppose really, what would be your message to other clinicians or hospitals who are listening to this podcast going, how can I get into that action? How can I, you know, get something so similar c- uh, in our pillow, place? We're happy to support uh, any clinicians around the country. and I'd be happy to talk to anyone who'd like to get in touch with me. Uh, but uh, from a hospital point of view, really, it's very important to have buy-in from senior management. And I'm, I'm in the happy position that I've been supported by my CEO to, 
spend a day a week focused on trying to develop you know the, this whole ecosystem it does take time though you know it, it's a slow process to try and develop this culture within the hospital that people know that there is a pathway you can go down and a way of developing your idea further so it, it, it it's not a unfortunately a quick fix it takes a bit of time to set up the whole ecosystem to allow things to grow as it were Okay. And I suppose with innovation, it can go in so many different directions. But in the center there, you have a specific strategy, a three-year strategy. I think you're in year three of that now. And obviously, you'd be looking to work for the next three-year strategy. So I suppose, what were the goals of this one? And what would you like to look at for the next strategy? Yeah. So uh, really, where we are at the moment is to develop ourselves as a health innovation hub. So I think we're, we're pretty much there at this stage. And uh, the next step would be really to engage with corporates and funding strategy so we have a, have a sustainable program we've, we've kind of run two or two sprints to date which have had some success but we want to have this on an annual basis so we're talking to academic bodies about setting up ongoing education programs which would develop a sustainable pipeline so that's the next step i think and that, that'll probably take another 12 to 18 months to get over the line probably and is there any role for patients in this whole process? Because obviously, I suppose it's about improving care for them and about their ideas of, well, this doesn't really work very well for me. Is there something we can do better? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there are examples of that of patients who have developed their own solutions. Uh, really, they're, they're great advocates for it because they've lived with whatever problem it is they've identified. And they really have a very compelling story to tell um, investors and partners, etc. So absolutely. And I suppose equally, uh, maybe more so for patients that than clinical staff they often won't have um, you know an idea of how to develop their idea further so that's something we haven't done as yet but something certainly we're open to to looking at in terms of partnering with patients who have ideas that they'd like to uh, explore further and you've mentioned some really interesting projects there there should hopefully be a way to maybe showcase them better as opposed to make people more aware either in the healthcare services themselves or the general public because there is a lot of innovation going on in irish healthcare services that we're just simply not really aware of yeah, so some of the other work we do is, is in terms of education, in terms of undergraduate and postgraduate bioengineering students. So those students uh, come into the hospital for placements uh, from the academic center and partner with clinicians. Again, uh, kind of identifying needs that the, the clinicians either introduce them to or that they identify themselves um, by just looking around. There's a process called ethnography, and then they go off and develop um, solutions to, to those uh, in some respects, they're better placed to, I suppose, trumpet their findings because they're not necessarily going to pursue them right down the, the commercial line. The difficulty is that if you have identified a, you know, a solution that you want to go on and commercialize until you have a, a patent filed, you can't tell anybody. So it's kind of that uh, double-edged sword. You'd like to tell the world about your, your new idea, but until you've protected it um, in some sort of tangible way, you're kind of opening yourself to uh, being undermined. So it, it's it's kind of a difficult uh square to whatever the word is a difficult problem to solve really you know I suppose that's a very valid point obviously but I suppose really I suppose not just in even communicating what we've done which hopefully you know we might hear a bit more about but do you think really we should embed from I suppose J1 of medical school to you know trainee doctors and uh, obviously obviously to trainee nurses and all the different medical specialties that look it's not just about absorbing massive amounts of information following the protocols the guidelines it's about you and what you can bring to the role and that you can maybe think of a better way to do things and, you know, to encourage that really from the ground up. Yeah, absolutely. So so this concept of design thinking really involves uh, empathising with, with your, your, your user or the person who, who you're trying to, to help. And I think that's a really powerful thing for, for medical students. You know, the further down the road you go, if you're in a, in a, in a busy clinical environment, we're, we're very aware of the fact that 
lots and lots of medical staff, nursing and, and AHP staff are becoming burnt out really. And one of the issues that goes with that is dehumanization and loss of empathy with patients. So, the, so I think it'd be a really useful thing to incorporate that in the undergraduate curriculum. Um, the difficulty, I suppose, that, that the undergraduate curriculums in the various different um, areas pose is they're jam packed. So to, to bring in design thinking, uh, which would really encourage that as, as a soft skill, you have to move something else around. And I've had that conversation before with, with one or two of the universities. And I suppose it's something that we, we can look at. I mean, the way around that is optional modules, which students could opt to do. But I think it would be a really powerful skill for students to have. And you've obviously found it very rewarding what you do um, from the innovation side and bringing all these ideas forward, um, as well as what you do in clinical practice every day. So, you know, obviously, how do you marry it together? And I suppose you'd be very encouraging of people to, you know, come forward for similar such roles as, as the one you hold there. Yeah, well, being in clinical practice is actually really useful in terms of doing this uh, this sort of role at a personal level because obviously I have a large network of colleagues I, I can tap into from a clinical point of view. So if someone comes along from a, an engineering perspective or they want to validate a, a problem, I can, can speak to my colleagues in the clinical area and vice versa. If my colleagues uh, have, a, have a, a potential idea and they want to partner with someone from industry, academia, I, I can hopefully um, um, connect the two. Um, at a personal level, I'm, I'm seeing problems every day to this day and, you know, potential, you know, new products that could be developed from those. So having a role in both the clinical and, and innovative areas is really, really useful, actually. And would you have any messages for those in uh, power, such as the head of the Department of Health, the head of the HSE? They're often accused of being afraid of innovation and afraid of, you know, change uh, when that's something, obviously, that has to happen all the time. Yeah, well, one thing that does spring to mind, and I've been kind of noting the success of the NHS model. So in the NHS, there doesn't seem to be any siloing. People uh, are working in one system. So if they come up with an idea, it's supported by the NHS and it goes forward from there. In the Irish model, to some extent, um, funding has to go to, uh, through a third level body. So you're doing your project through UCD or DCU or Limerick or whatever university it is. And there's a degree of competition between the universities as to who gets the idea and then they mind it carefully. So I think there, there, there'd be benefit in having a more of a national uh, kind of approach to this rather than a single academic body. Uh, it, that's proven to be very successful in the UK. And you can imagine rolling a project out over, you know, four or five different hospitals in Ireland would be a much more uh, useful way to approach a, a concept in that you have a bigger number of patients to, to test your, your um, solution on rather than, than focusing on one centre. And that's a wrap. Thank you very much, Professor Morris, for joining me. Tune in for more episodes in this series. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe to The Medical Independent for the latest healthcare news and debate. Sign up at www.mindo.ie to stay up to date on all the latest medical news. Join the discussion on Twitter at med underscore indo news. Introducing the new Medical Independent app. Why not join over 14,000 healthcare professionals and stay up to date on the latest healthcare news in Ireland? Read in-depth reports on the issues impacting the health service and medical professionals. Trusted insights, breaking news alerts, in-depth analysis and more. Download the Medical Independent app on the Apple Store or the Google Play Store by searching the word Mindo. The Medical Independent app. Your news, your way.